Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. ways to go um, to get all of this. Um, I just feel like we should go back. If you remember um, on the previous Wednesday night of me teaching, we did not, I did not speak this in the microphone. And I had several people come up and said, oh my God, we did not get any of that on the CD. And so uh, tonight, I want to go back in there. I, you know, and I've, I've battled about it all day. I said, you know, Lord, because last Wednesday night, you know, I feel like I, I hit a dinger in the gap. And so you, <laughs> you're afraid you're only going to hit a single, you know what I'm saying, when you redo it. But, hey, the word's the word. And so I want to talk about um, tonight, just go back, and I want to talk about uh, our identity uh, in Christ, okay? Our identity in Christ. Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, you there? If you will, just get in your Bible right there. They'll help us maybe navigate it on the screens because we want to read a good bit of uh, uh, verse of Scripture and um, see how we can go with it. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 7, verse 11. It says, I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and giving to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. And I was watching in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near and before him. Then, he, then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Look at verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Uh, look at verse 21. And I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Look at verse 22. The first part of that verse, it says, until. Uh, I got that underlined in my Bible, and I learned this uh, maybe uh, when I was a teenager uh, watching Rod Parsley. He said, if you got a Bible that you can't write in or underline something in, he said, put it in a glass coffee table and buy you one you can write in. So, but I got this word until, look at this. Let's look at verse 21. I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints and was prevailing against them. In other words, uh, that horn was uh, beating our teeth out. Look at verse 22. Until the ancient of days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Look at verse 25. I want to uh, read verse 25. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High and shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall attend to change times in the law. And then the saints shall be given into his hands for a time and times and a half time. But a court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. And then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve 
and obey him. Now, we know that this is a big crisis in, in the day and hour which you and I live is identity theft. People can steal your identity if you use your cards, you know, whatever. Uh, they can take you uh, $3 that we have in the bank or, you know, so they can take our money and, and this whole thing about identity. And so anyhow, Catherine showed me a clip, and I told you this the previous Wednesday night, that there was a little girl that was singing, I think, on America's Got Talent, and they, she was a 12-year-old girl, and they pushed the golden buzzer, which allowed her to go straight into the live shows, and she was singing an original song that she wrote. And basically the song was, um, the song was about, I don't know my place, I don't know who I am, I change my cell phone uh, posts and, and things like that daily because I'm trying to find out who I am. Listen to me. If the enemy can get you to doubt who you are, he's already got the upper hand on you. The reason why that the church is huddled down in a corner because we don't realize. Listen here, by the way, but let me give this. We are not on defense. We're on offense. When Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, that is not a picture of the church that has a defense that the devil cannot penetrate. That is the church having an offense that the devil has no defense to stop us. Come on, somebody. We're not some weeny backs waiting on the rapture to take place. We are a militant bride with boots on her feet, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, she's got the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, her, her loins girded with the spirit of truth, and, her, and, and, and the breastplate of righteousness. So this is a picture of, of, of the church. And so there was a time, listen, there was a time that the enemy had an upper hand on the people of God. There was a time, because the Bible, we just read it in Daniel chapter 7. Let me just say this, that everything that, uh, uh, like in the book of Daniel and a lot of the promises uh, throughout the, pro uh, the, the, the books of the, the prophets, religion always puts God in the future, in the millennium, or in the past. He never, it never puts God now. You and I need to know that God is right now. Jeremiah 23, 23 says, For God is not a God afar off, but He's a God at hand. He's near us. God is a present, what? Help in the time of need. God is now. He didn't tell Moses, go tell him, I was sent you, or I will be sent you. He said, go tell him, I am. I am is present. And so in this, we see that there was a time and a season where the saints of God were being prevailed against. And, and we, we discussed this, that in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we do not see any demon being dealt with. We know that there was demons in the Old Testament. Yeah, it's awful quiet now. There were demons in the Old Testament, but no one had the power to drive out a devil. So they had to learn how to live with them, which is lot mostly the church. We've learned how to live with them instead of deal with them. But the Bible says that, that the ancient of days was going to take his seat. That he would pass judgment. In other words, there was going to be a court seated in heaven. And the ancient of days would take his seat. And that judgment was going to be, made, was going to be passed and the favor was going to be handed unto the saints. Is that what it said? And then it said, when that happened, that these saints shall possess a kingdom and when they possess that kingdom, they will have dominion. Is that not what it said? Right? Now listen to me. When you got born again, you did not get born again into a church. 
You didn't get born again into a denomination. You got born again into a kingdom. Help me out right here just a little bit, Lee. It seems like I can't hear it. Maybe they probably said, my God, you're about to blow us out. So we did not get saved into a denomination, but we got saved into a kingdom. So therefore the Ancient of Days came and he passed favor. Now listen, that favor that he passed was is that you and I would receive the benefits of the cross. Listen, when, when, when the Ancient of Days took the throne and passed favor, that favor was released upon my life to transfer me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His beloved Son where now I'm seated above every principalities in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's my seat. Come on, somebody. Right now, that's where we're seated at in heavenly places and He's transfers us into that. Now listen to me. The church, let, let me just read this right here. Go, go with me to uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. A lot of people are waiting for the ancient of days to come, um, but the ancient of days has already come. He came over 2,000 years ago on the cross and he passed favor into us and he released unto us a kingdom when he came. Jesus said it is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom of God. The kingdom is not somewhere that we're going to eternally go. It's somewhere, something that's available now. Are you with me now? That's why the Bible says seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? And everything in that will be added unto us. Now, John chapter 3, look at this in verse um, in verse. Uh, three. Jesus said unto him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In the king, to have a kingdom, you've got to have a king who has domain, right? So what is the kingdom of God? It's the ruling sphere of God's anointing and power. When Jesus healed the sick, he said what? The kingdom came upon you. What happened tonight was the kingdom just came upon her and dispelled everything that she would all the heaviness she was told. That's the kingdom. God's ruling, his, his rule of domain, when, when, when healing takes place, deliverance, that's, that's the kingdom of God coming, coming near us. Now, Jesus said this, unless we're born again, we cannot see the kingdom. How many knows this, that once you were out in the world, you were blind to the things of God? We wonder, well, how can they can't see it? Because there's blinders on them. You have blinders on, but once you're born again, you can begin to see the kingdom. Now, Jesus said this, unless one be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom. So what we're trying to access, the kingdom we're trying to possess tonight, we have to be born again. The next thing is, it must take place in the realm of the spirit. It's the realm of the spirit that we're trying to enter into that where we can walk into the kingdom to get what the kingdom has for us. I'm, I'm going to preach a message in the next couple of weeks on, on the church, that on the benefit package of the church. We don't even realize half the benefits we got. Everything that Jesus accomplished us on the cross, if you don't know you can have it, you won't never ask for it. If you don't know it's available, you won't never claim it and take it. Listen, a lot of people are waiting to be healed. They were healed over 2,000 years ago. When you recognize that you have already been healed, you're not waiting to be healed. Then you simply receive it by faith and act on it by faith and stand on it by faith till the healing manifest. Now, let's look at this. Go with me to the book of Colossians. I'm trying to travel fast. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Look at this verse of Scripture here. It says, look, He has delivered us from the powers of darkness. Not He's going to deliver me. Look at this. He what? Has. Has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. When the Ancient of Days passed favor, He simply transferred me out of darkness into His marvelous light, but I was transferred into a kingdom. This is my identity. Go right here to Colossians chapter 2. Look right over in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, And having wiped out handwritten of requirements, look at this, that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. A lot of people cannot, they can't, one of their identities is that they believe that there's just a sinner saved by grace. Listen, we're not sinners saved by grace tonight. We are saints of God in Christ Jesus. He took the handwritten requirements, everything that the enemy had against you, that he had you on videotape, everything that he had, the Bible says that Jesus wiped it out having nailed it to the cross. One of, God is omniscient, he's all powerful, but one thing he cannot do is remember your mistakes because when you confess your sins, he cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. That's an amazing thing. Anytime that you hear a voice against you bringing up what you have done, that is not the voice of God. That is the voice of the enemy trying to bring condemnation on you. Listen, he destroyed that that was against us. I have an accuser. The Bible says that the enemy is our accuser who goes night and day before the throne room of God trying to bring accusation against us. And every time that he brings that accusation, God looks down and says, I can't remember a thing. The only thing I see is the blood of my son and he's covered in Christ. Having destroyed the handwritten requirements that was against us. Look at this. In verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers. Listen, the devil's not running around tonight with a bunch of power. Let me restate it. He may have some power, but he has no authority. It don't matter how powerful you are if you don't got no authority to use it. So how does the devil gain authority or ground on the church? Through you agreeing with him. The devil never beats us up or takes anything from us, friend. We allow him in. And we come into an agreement with him. And when we, get, when we give him room, ground, or agreement with him, that's when he begins to devour. But what Jesus is saying, look at this. He said, I've made favor for you, but not only that, I disarmed that devil. Well, preacher, you don't understand what we're going through. The devil's beating the teeth. Listen, what I'm trying to tell you is learn your identity in Christ. Stand up and tell that devil to get out of your lane and out of your life because you are a child of the living God. My God, you're a king's kid. Listen, if you're... My God up in heaven, Jesus. Help me, Father, to believe that I really am your child and help me start acting like I got a daddy who owns a cattle of a thousand hills, who's got all power, who's omniscient. Are you with me now? This is our identity. Jesus said, I disarmed the devil. 
I made an open shame of him on the cross. And the Bible says, had the enemy would have known the outcome of the cross, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He might have danced that night. He might have danced the next morning, friend. But listen, when the earth began to quake and the stone was rolled away, he was not dancing any longer. I'm sorry. I'm Pentecostal. That's why I holler like this. You were born again. Now listen to this. When you got saved and you got transferred in the kingdom, Jesus said, for us now, our job is to go preach what our denomination teaches. He said, I want you to go preach what the date study Bible says. No, he said, go preach the kingdom. Now, did he say, go pray for the sick? He said, what? Heal the sick. He didn't say go pray for the sick. He said, what? Go heal the sick. I never heard that preacher when I was coming up in church. Because all we did, we went down there to the front. We had to, we had to pray for 15 minutes to see if it was God's will to heal anybody. We'd pray, these, we'd pray these idiotic prayers. Father, if it be thy will, maybe you could touch us today because she's been a faithful Sunday school teacher for 23 years. God doesn't heal you because you've been a faithful Sunday school teacher for 23 years. God is healing people based on what his son did over 2,000 years ago. Hello. <clears throat> we had a couple to bring a baby that was deaf to our church one Sunday morning for us to pray for her. On Easter Sunday, the people were not married, had the baby out of wedlock. And there were some people who said, do you think God's going to heal that baby? Are you kidding me? First of all, let me say this. No life can happen except by God. Hello. Listen, a doctor can give you an about due date, but they can't tell you the exact time life took place because only God can do that. Second of all, God don't give a hill of beans how the baby was conceived. He's just concerned about the baby. Come on. And he's not healing them based on whether or not that child was born in covenant or not. He's healing them based on the covenant that he has with Jesus. Now listen. Now, verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them. Look at this. Triumphing over them in it. Now, let's look at this uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. So when you're born again, you got born into a kingdom. Jesus said, go preach that kingdom because in that kingdom, listen, in that kingdom is everything we need. There's provision in the kingdom. There's healing in the kingdom. There's deliverance in the kingdom. There's joy in the kingdom. And we're to preach the kingdom. Are you? That's what he said in Matthew chapter 10. He said, go, go, go heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and raise the dead. That was a commandment given by God. Now listen to this. If he's commanded me to heal the sick, don't you better believe he's going to supply me with something to get it done with. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses of sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. 
But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with he loved, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Look at this. And raised us up together. It made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Listen, not only am I in a kingdom, I have dual citizenship. I am in the earth, but I'm not of it. My home is a kingdom. Now, you and I have been called an ambassador of Christ, right? I remember when I got off of a, I got off a, a plane in Bombay. And as we got off the plane in Bombay, there's a, a lot of poverty, and, uh, uh, just like I'd never seen. But all of a sudden, we seen this building that looked like the wrist Carlton. And I, I was like, you know, what is that building there? I hope that's where we're staying, you know. So, and so we get to the point. He said, that is the U.S. Embassy. Listen, in Bombay, Indus, in, in Bombay India, the U.S. Embassy, they're not living like Indians. They're living like Americans. Everything that America has is in that embassy. Listen to me. When Jesus sent me here to, to in the earth suit to be in the kingdom, everything that I need from heaven is here available. And I am an ambassador to represent him on the earth. We got, we got Christian people going, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't even know if we're going to make it. Friend, we're going to make it. I'm not saying that we're not going to face tough times. Listen, the children of Israel faced some tough times when Egypt had everything happening. But they was light in the land of Goshen. Oh, Jesus. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Let's travel a little further. I want to get these up, a few verses of Scripture right here before we go home. Look at this. And therefore I also, I'm in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. And therefore I also, after I heard of your faith, of the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, and that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceedingly greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named only in this age, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, to the fullness of him who feels all in all. Listen, we need to pray that our eyes be open to the riches that God has giving us in Christ Jesus. Now look at verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will someday... Bless me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's not what it says. It says, who what has blessed us. With what? With what? Has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing. Listen, if he has already blessed me with every spiritual blessing, there's nothing else for him to bless me with. 
Come on, church, let's look at the word tonight. It says, Who has what blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. If he has already blessed me with every, there's nothing else he can bless me with. It's all available to me now. It is in my account to make a withdrawal on tonight. My God, give us a revelation of what's already been laid in the bank account for us to pull on tonight. Listen, our Father left us with a big bank account to pull on. Well, oh, I just going to get a cabin over there. Romans chapter 8. See, I didn't know, I didn't never hear nothing like this preached to me when I was growing up. All I heard was, won't it be glorious over there? All right, ready? Verse 14 of Romans chapter 8, it says, For, any, for many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if, look at this, if children, you cannot overlook at this. This has just been on my heart in the past really two to three weeks. Just I'm just talking about the raw word of God, how powerful the word of God is, just the word of God. Every jot, every tittle, how powerful the word of God is. It is alive, stronger, I mean sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing soul, spirit, and marrow. I'm, how powerful the word, everything. So i just really been felt cautious in the last three weeks when I'm reading the word. Father said, read everything. You, you just got to understand how powerful powerful every little thing is don't read it too quick now look at this look at what he said he said and if children if you are a child of God look at what he said he said if we are a child of God then we are heirs of God that means everything that God is I have access to it Everything God is, I have access to it tonight. God is glorious, I have access to glory. God is a healer, I have access to healing. If I am a child of God, then I am a heir. Have you ever watched the lifestyles of some of these rich people? Their children, they know that they're heir to it. They ain't got a worry in the world. We're all down here worried because we don't believe we're heir to anything. Listen, if we truly believed who our father was, who, if we truly believed who he said he was, include myself, we wouldn't be biting the fingertips down. If children, then heirs... Look at this, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we may suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Let's go right on. Verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Verse 20. For the creation was subject, subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Look at this. Now what this is saying is, listen, Adam, the first Adam, when he sold the deed to the planet, you with me? He had the deed, he had possession, he had this message tonight of his identity in Christ. But he sold the deed to the planet to the enemy. That's why Jesus said he came seeking to save that which was lost. Listen, humanity was not the only thing lost. The deed to the planet was lost. He had to go back to the courthouse, if you will, and reclaim the deed because Adam handed it over, right? When Adam, when Adam handed it over and signed it, not only did Adam and, and 
not only did he lose the glory suit that he was in, also the earth went under a curse. Are we in the book? He, he, he could used to go out and throw the seed on the ground and sing over it and it would yield a great harvest. But now he said, listen, he said, now you're going to toil the ground and you're going to have to work your end off. And not only is it only going to produce your crop, it's going to produce thorns and thistles and you're going to have to work to keep it out. Not only that, he told Eve, he said, because you've done this thing, uh, you're not going to have a great time bearing kids. It's going to be rough. And my wife has given birth to three children and she didn't walk in there and say, you know, where's the spot for us to have these kids? I remember the first one, she said, John, she said, when we were talking about Grant, she said, we're going to have him all natural. <laughs> I said, we're still doing all natural? She said, no, we're not doing it all natural. I want to help her do it. I want some crack, PCP, whatever they got here. No, <laughs> I mean, she's in bad pain. You're taking anything. So listen, when, when Adam sinned, listen, the earth went into turmoil. The earth actually rocked and everything in creation was disturbed at that moment because now man was not walking in his God-given identity that God destined Adam to be. And the earth was handed over. It was subjected to futility, which means purposeless. That's where Solomon wrote the same word for all is vanity. It's just nothing. And the earth is sitting there and Paul's giving out this revelation. And he talks about the, the revealing of the sons of God. The revealing of the time that when Jesus would possess, would, would, would bring a kingdom and a people would enter into that kingdom as their identity. And it says that the earth is groaning and travailing for the manifestations of these people to rise up on the earth to realize who they are. Listen, what Paul is saying, God knows who we are. The devil knows who we are. And creation knows who we are. It's time we know who we are as the children and saints of God. You do not walk in front of the demon possessed as some weenie back. You stand in confidence knowing that your daddy owns, he, he, you stand as an ambassador. I can't even preach it hard enough. I mean, good Lord. You try to get up here, I mean, thoughts is coming in like a freeway and you got just a, I mean, I got a 64-bit processor up here. It's, it's just spinning, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got to hold up, you know, let the next car get in place. Hold up. Come on, Jesus. You know what you're working with. Let the car get out of the way. You trying to jam the red light here. Listen, the earth is saying, listen to me. Creation is saying, you have been set free. You are walking in your liberation. What I'm waiting for is when you realize who you are, you bring me in my liberation. My God, this is good. Listen to this. I'm, I'm, I'm done right here. I'm fixing to be done. This is no joke. We're fixing to land a plane. Look at Romans chapter 10. I mean, Matthew chapter 10. I'm going a few more verses of Scripture. But I'm going quick. <clears throat> they took me off a salary and paid me about an hour now, so i got to preach for a long time. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. <laughs> This is no joke. I'm going to tell you something funny. I, was, my, I think I was 19 years old. I went to run, preach at this church. 
um, in a neighboring county. And I preached there that morning, and uh, the guy handed me an honorarium check. And he said, I'm going to go ahead and hand it to you. Do you. Are you sure you're coming back tonight? I said, man, I tell you what, you just hold that right there. Don't worry about paying me. I'll be back tonight to preach the gospel. Man, what kind of people we got out there? Um, I guess the preacher done took the check and run. He took the money and run. Let's do it. Look at this in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 10. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Look at verse 10. Um, uh, I mean, uh, verse 1 again. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter into a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look at this. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Jesus commanding them is to go out and preach the kingdom. Now, what I'm asking you tonight, the reason why he can still have that command is because he's given us everything to carry out that command. Now, think about it. When God speaks to us to do something, the first thing we do is evaluate everything we have instead of evaluating what he has. Say, for instance, I'm sitting there at my office or sitting there at my desk in my Co-worker starts manifesting a demon. Get happen. Has anybody ever seen a demon manifest? Raise your hand if you have. If not, we'll, I'll take you to some places I've preached at and you can see some. <laughs> and by the way, I've seen more demons in the church than I have outside the church. And Jesus casted most of his demons out in the synagogue, not in the streets. Only found one that was in the graveyard, the first streaker, you remember? But listen, when the demon manifests and they always manifest and they start cutting up and acting crazy because what they're trying to do is incite fear in you. Hear me, that's the whole deal with the manifestation. Number one, to draw attention to themselves because the devil loves attention. He don't mind. <laughs> I'm going to stay to the task at hand. He likes to cut up during worship because what he wants to do is take our focus and attention off God and get our focus on him. I used to take like when I would feel it hard in a, in a service in my younger years, I would, I would feel it real hard. I would stop and try to bind every, every demon that was around. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, why you, why you stop worshiping me and worshiping the devil? Just worship me and I'll dispel the rest of that. Are you with me? That's all he wants is focus and attention. But immediately what he does that to is to incite fear. Because his, God's kingdom operates on faith. His kingdom operates on fear. And so he wants to incite fear in us, and what he wants us to do is start looking at ourselves, taking an inventory of what we have on our own. Listen, you are who you are not because of what you've done, but because of what God done. Well, people, listen, that is a false humility to walk around that we're just some sinner saved by grace trying to barely hang on. Listen, that's, that's not even true humility. True humility is realizing the greatness of God inside of me and realizing it was done by his grace and mercy. 
I didn't make me into this. God did. I didn't make myself into a saint. God did. I didn't make myself righteous through fasting. You can tell that. I did not make myself righteous. God made me righteous. And so when I look at my inventory, I don't have to look at what I have done or what I haven't done. I look at what he's already done and where he's placed me. And then I start realizing, you know what, devil, according to the word of God, he's placed me well above you. Well, Psalms 8. Almost done. I told you I'm getting close. Psalms chapter 8. At the book of Psalms right after Luke. If you're looking for it. <laughs> Psalms chapter 8. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. You have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may have silenced the avenger. Look at this. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. If you got a King James, that's what it says. That is a poor translation in the original Hebrew. It says Elohim. You have made him a little bit lower than God. My good gracious. And you have crowned him what? With glory and honor. I didn't crown myself with glory. God did. I didn't. Listen. Look, this is. You got to understand who this conversation is. This is the heavenly host carrying on the conversation. This is the psalmist peering into the spirit realm. There's a conversation with the Trinity, and they're saying, you know, God, when I consider everything that you, that you have made, you have made the moon, the stars, create everything. What is that? What is that that you are so mindful of Him? Because whatever that is, it looks just like you. Are you with me now? But check this out. You have made Him a little lower than the angels. This is before you were in Christ. Once you were born again into his kingdom, you've been elevated above the angels. Am I teaching some new strength? Listen, because listen, Paul said, know you not that you're going to judge angels. Now angels are ministering spirits sent to help us. That's why Paul said, do you not know you entertain angels unaware? You know the person that's always got the sign that says we'll work for food sometimes right by. I wonder if that was an angel. I said, no, Kathy, he probably ain't standing out in the heat like this. <laughs> Look at this. I'm done. Last verse, Scripture, Psalm chapter 16, verse 3. Psalm 16, verse 3. It says this, As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones. They are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Let me, leave, let me leave you with this last one in Isaiah 55, verse 5. I had to give you one more. I'm giving you this one for free. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, 
and nations who do not know you, you shall run to you. Because the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. This is the days, I'm telling you, church, that the church is entering in. We will face great opposition in the days ahead. There is no doubt that there's going to be some dark times. Isaiah said that. But he said, in that dark time, it said, arise and shine for your light has come. That is a command. That's not something.